Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Oh. Hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Ethan Christmas, indeed. Yep. Happy New Year next week. Happy Hanukkah. That's, Hanukkah's already passed, I believe. Uh, uh, I don't think so. There's 18 days of Hanukkah, and I think it ends on Christmas. That could be totally wrong. Yeah. I should really I should know. know my wife's half Jewish. Yeah. Uh, happy holidays. So we'll just cover it all. How about there we that? go. There you go. Whatever you're celebrating. So speaking of holidays... A lot of people, if they were students, and if you remember when you were a student, you're coming off of getting your final grades and gradings. And that's where I want to lead off. So I just graded 130 students. I think that so, is correct. About some, 130, a lot. Yeah, something like that. And there's classes that, this is what I finally came to the conclusion at. Um, because some are awesome, some are amazing, and some are absolutely just terrible. Atrocious. Yep. And I think it comes down to, do you remember a class you didn't like? In college, like me taking one. And let's just say college or high school. like in college, absolutely. 11th and 12th grade. Absolutely. Which class? Okay, during grad school, I was finally on track to get a 4.0. Yeah. And one class, I just, it's part of it's my fault. I did not take it seriously because I was just so intent on crushing thesis, right? Yes. And then I I got a B. Yeah, I just hated that class. And so then, it's just a lack of interest, you know, where you're just like, I'm not benefiting from this. Well, that I think that's the key. And that's what I was going to get to, because some of the when I was grading the students, I thought, holy cow, I have mentioned this a thousand times. To I the thought class. Alex, I, I was casually observing Alex uh, from afar grading, and I thought he was going to blow blow a gasket. Is it? And part of it, what's hilarious is like now you're a dad and I can just see it. I can see like the, oh, I thought I told you. I thought I, thought, I told you, child. I, I told you. I told you. Um, uh, and then, so Annie babysits my wife. And now she, sometimes she has some older kids, like five years, you know, five, seven years old. Oh, wow. And I just remember your kids are still kids, but they're, they're more, the older you get, the more in tune socially everyone gets, right? Even if they're a little bit weird, they know that that's part of their game, right? But when you're in this five to eight, you don't get that. You don't get it yet. Right. You know, this, your self-awareness is just not there. It's just yet. not there. I'm like, oh, I wonder what Atlas's lack of self-awareness is going to be because every kids have their own little, yeah. their own little thing. But, but going back. So I was upset because I, I even, I go, I remember telling them at this desk to change these walls or do this. Um, not me dictating their design, but just, man, this thing won't stand up. We're here to learn about. Is part of, is a big is a is a large percent of your frustration too in that we're trying to be those kind of uh, teachers and instructors that practice, and then at the same time we're trying to bring you give you guys as much of a leg up as we can, right? Like compared to how we were taught, especially with the software, we I mean we give these guys templates that we've built trying to have them leapfrog yep and i you know it's hard I, it, how, how can we expect them to understand 
what they wouldn't be getting without us, right? But isn't that part of the frustration here? That's where my that's part, that's a large part of mine. The the frustration too is holy cow! If I knew what I'm telling you now, back then, I I would just be so happy. I would just be I would be like holy cow! He's just telling me how to how to do it in in and not in. I'm not telling them how to design. We never tell them how to. I mean, we tell them principles. You can get our book online. <laughs> but but they come up with their own. You, you get what I'm saying, and uh, uh, it, it's just fr- this is what's frustrating is that I give a lot of effort, and so do you. And then when you see, oh, so you gave none, you gave none, none back. Um, and what seems to happen is just to, just to catch everybody up from like a a, lar- a bigger perspective, and it's not everyone. It feels like, well, this is not not. It doesn't feel like it just is. Some semesters, admittedly, we. We don't give as much effort as we thought we could have. And then we go, ah, we're going to compensate for that next semester. And then we go overboard. And what, what I feel what I feel like does happen is when we say we're going to go overboard and go crazy, we have this huge expectation because we think we're putting in so much more effort and then we get so much less output. And then yes. when we put in very, uh, very uh, less, when we put in less output, then we get all this extra output and it's like, What's going I don't on know. Maybe here? maybe it's all about balance. Maybe we need to be more balanced. I don't yeah. know. But but here's where the advice I was going to because there was classes that I did not like, uh, bi- biology or microbiology. I don't know. And then statistics, and s- statistics I could not help but daydream. I could not get into that class no matter what. I'd even say like I'm going to pay attention. I you, I you know, like, and I feel like you have a pretty good attention span, much better than mine. But then also I think you'd agree I have pretty good willpower too. Yeah, like discipline equals freedom. <laughs> there it is, little Jocko. <laughs> um, just could not do it no matter what. So the advice was going to be because it, honestly, if you want a good grade in class, all you have to do is the, the is follow directions, right? Unless it's some cra- unless you're in like MIT and you're doing differential equation, you know, like like crazy statistics stuff. And I can understand where you might not get a good grade even if you do follow directions, right? But I'm talking about the majority of everything you do in school and then everything you do in life. If you follow directions and, and why I say this, people will be like, well, if you follow directions, you're just going to be a cog. If you know the rules, you can break the rules. Because I've had students and other people break the rules, but they go, oh yeah, I'm breaking this here because they're aware of that. They are breaking it and then tell you why. And why? You're like, yeah. It's all. Just oh yeah. Fine. No, that, that does make sense. And instead of just breaking it without knowing why, and then they're like, no, you can't. You can't break the rule unless you actually know what the rule is and yeah. tell me why and all that stuff. And it's funny, you even, because what class did you not like? You said the one that you got a bad grade in yeah. and you didn't put up enough effort. You didn't follow directions enough. And if you would have, you would. I mean, I, intellectually. I totally deserve the grade. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So. Still pissed though. Still pissed. I don't <laughs> know. And, and, and maybe uh, then we just have to manage, hey, there's going to be a certain percentages that are just not going to put in put in effort. One kid even told me. He's like, yeah, I just want to get, this was a couple months ago. I just want to get through this and get this done because I got other stuff to do. I'm like, you saying that? You saying that to, to your teacher here? Whatever. Fair enough. I, I appreciate brutal honesty. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm extremely brutal. I'm, I'm extremely honest, brutally honest with my kids and it, it frustrates them sometimes. Yeah. My wife too, but whatever. But <laughs> then I, I gave him a pretty good uh, pep talk about how he could reduce and then make, uh, design decisions based off rules and then and then he actually got a little excited and made a, a good project but anyways uh that's what i 
you know, I want to talk about grading because it's at this time it's so pertinent, but I, I feel like it's true if you work for someone or if, or even, even, even as a boss, like I'm, I'm sending out, uh, uh, to our consultants things to do for the city for site plan review. And I'm literally just going to get the list and then narrow it down, give them focus. Here you go. This is what you have to solve. And if they just follow those rules, it'll be great. It'll be simple. Yeah. So is your, so it, it, to sum it up, your advice is if you're going to break the rules, they better have better be able to justify them. Is if you're going to break saying? the rules, you better know what rule you're breaking. Know what rule you're breaking and why exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think some, yeah. So you can break some rules, but you got to do those things. Yeah, absolutely. Is uh, it, would you say it's better than bending rules with that approach? You're a bender. I'm a bender. Yeah. Ooh. Can you give me an example? No, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Not right offhand. Uh-uh. Bending rules, bending rules, this is what happens. Technically, you get your way, but you create animosity in the other side. And they look for a way to poke holes in that bend. And do you think it's because there's not a clean break? Literally, like pun intended, there's no clean break. So you can't, you know, there's no, yeah. they can't get over that. Because like, yep. you, you didn't break it, it's still there. Yes, and it's encroaching in their physical space because I'm thinking about you know a, a property and then just think about it ballooning up or think about me ballooning into your physical space like oh I'm not technically you know touching you I'm not technically touching you but I, but I'm right here but but if I if you break the rule and they understand why I think it just totally alleviates. Clear, they the want to pop that bubble exactly. when you bend it yep and and they might let you but maybe next time. Or maybe next time they'll be like, they'll they'll slow down your proposals, they'll slow down getting back to you, all that stuff. So that's the risk of bending it is that you might get your way, but beware that they're looking to pop that bend. There you go. Yeah. Words to live by Al Gore. There we go. Uh, <clears throat> totally segue into a different conversation is the ease of networking on Facebook and Twitter that I found. Right. So. One strategy to to grow your network and, and, and to market is to reach out to these people, right? And some people you can't get a hold of. Like, name anyone really important. Like, Oh, how about Jeff Bezos? Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> he can re- he might read your email. Um, he, him, oh, he might open your email if you have a certain tracking system and you yeah. can actually see him open your email. Yes, yes. And some people have not been opening my email and I don't know how to tell them that I mm. am tracking it and I know. it's been three days. Yeah. I sent out an email this morning. Hey, just following up. And I wanted to say, I've been tracking your emails and you have not opened this. I know. <laughs> For what we're, what we're talking about, this is actually a good little tip is if, if anybody uh, is interested in tracking their emails and being a little NSA themselves, it's really it's a really cool piece of software because it can help you understand if somebody's actually opened up a proposal email or something. I'm, I'm not saying you're, you're creepy here, but it's called Yesware. It's awesome. I think it costs us ten bucks a month each, something like I think that. Five bucks. Five bucks. Yeah, but we can instantly track when people open emails. Um, it's, it's just helpful from a sales perspective to keep track. You know, because let's say you send out a proposal, yep. and you track it, and you, nobody's opened it for a week. Great. Then you have even more justification and and uh, uh, you're more incentive to email them and say you don't tell them you're <laughs> tracking or anything, but yeah. but just say hey hey it's been about a week. Yeah, I just following up to this proposal. Well, let me, so I sent out a huge proposal and I sent it out to three people and the three people are part of this loose group, right? None of them have even opened it. 
And I'm wondering if the, it, it, this is actually smart of them if they said, oh, we're not going to open it until we see, until we have all of them. All of them. Because what has our strategy is to get a, a, a professional bid in the, the quickest, the pack, right? Yep. Because then on a, w- w- people clicking, okay, they're ready to go. I'm still waiting on these other guys, still waiting on these other guys. I'm just going to pull the trigger. And then a week later, they get the other guys. It might be lower, might be higher. It doesn't matter. They already, they already went with you. You're already doing it. So it's actually really smart for them. With from, a a project, a buyer, from a buyer's yep. perspective, yes. But what I would add on to that is just say, if you see it come in, let's say we're doing that. Let's say we decide to do that with, with bids. It's not, it's actually pretty smart. Let's say if all of framing. We're just going to wait. We're not going to get overly anxious like we did on one of the sales yeah. that we had. And, and we're just going to be competent and cool and collective. Exactly. I still want to send out an email to them say, hey, we received this. We're just waiting for all the bids before we make a decision. Just let them know. Just, oh, no problem whatsoever. Then I would see, I would see that um, it's been like a week and they still haven't opened it. Me like, ah, these other people are slow. Which, which this is the value of that yesware. Then let's say we're talking, and then I can bring up in the conversation, hey, if you want fast replies, if something's growing wrong, we're the firm to do it, knowing that they took a week and a half longer to get their proposal to them than us. You know what I mean? Because yes. then I can know that if if everything came in like really close by my tracking, you software, can confidently say that. Yes, exactly. Uh, I might not. I might say that point, right? But I might really emphasize it if I know it's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That is the true value of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's building confidence for for what you want to say about you being quick or or knowing how all that works. Yep. Um, and quickness, man. I won't. I won't. I won't segue. We, we are going into uh, Twitter and Facebook and getting a hold of people. Like even Jocko can't get a hold of them. You kind of can, but not not really. But other We've people. You've gotten to like something of yours, right? Yeah. And then two podcasts later, he goes, "Oh, I like everything. It just means I read it." He's like, "I hate that it's a heart too, but there's no other way to say." Oh my it. gosh, he's so funny. <laughs> he's scary. <laughs> he's a scary man. Um. So. So, but. Other people we've been getting a hold of are just people in our industry that are normal. Uh, everyone that podcasts, basically, when when something comes out, I read it, and and I would read it too, but I, I make a point of reading it, liking it, commenting on it, because right away there's not those. Uh, it's not as quick as someone uh, Tim Ferriss, right? Tim Ferriss is immediately going to get a hundred thousand things, and you might not reach him. All these people that you're really trying to connect with with they're reading them and they're reading at least the first couple ones so if you're on facebook or twitter get these alerts why not right another person that we've reached out with and i think knows who we are now is a big donor to ndsu who's also an architect right and and it's great she knows who we are now we'll probably do an interview with her i remember years ago right she seemed so above our league the ndsu was trying to raise like uh 50 grand for for something they needed something it was a, a an urgent need and they're at the board meeting, and one of my friends was telling me this. And they're like, yeah, we need to do this. There's no way we can get it. And she's like, 50 grand? I'll just write a check right now. Here you go. Like, buy it. Yeah. Get on it, guys. Um, so, again, and, and I think I've seen you been doing the same thing. It's like, oh, has a post. Like it. Comment. It, it, it's, it's a great way to, to get in. It's almost untapped because these people might blow up and get even bigger that, that you're – marketing with and and they notice because i notice i yes. notice like if you like something inside the firm oh kevin 
how you doing? Thanks for, you know. <laughs> the access, the access to people <clears throat> of influence right now is incredible. Like, I can't believe it. Like, in all my, all my, all my volunteer political stuff, that's where it's re- it becomes really obvious to me of when I get, like, a national page to share something that I've made or, or the attention of a public figure that I've admired for over a decade yep. is, is incredible. And then I go, and then I go home and show my wife, and she's so proud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's like, I can't believe that happened. I'm like, all you gotta do is try, and you, and honestly, you gotta have, you gotta have some talent, in what you're doing, yep. right, and all that, and you gotta have a good message, and 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 all, and all that. But man, it's possible. Total, totally possible. You just gotta put yourself out there. The other thing too, if you're very active in Facebook groups, they might just make you an admin, and that admin then has power in, in not not to let it go to your head, but then all of a sudden now you have more clout. So all it takes is. Is, is being active. Yeah. Um, so if you want, want to get a hold of people, uh, I think everyone should get a hold of our next, next guest segment reader. Uh, we're going to Nick reads. All right. So you can find him, please poke him <laughs> or whatever you do on the social media, just so he knows that you're around. Let's hear it from Nick. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. Get a life. It is 6 p.m. Time to go. I mean it. The decisions you make about allocating your personal time will ultimately shape your life strategy. All too often, people equate working late in the night as a sign of commitment and as part of what it takes to get ahead. I think it's the opposite. Constantly working late in the night puts you on a dangerous path. Burnout. Boring. Behind. As I mentioned previously, I do not believe in burnout. If you do your job right, burnout won't exist. Your goal is to understand what it takes to get the job done, plan for it, and then be smart about doing it. Clocking in more hours is not the answer. If you consistently get the formula wrong, you will burn out. You need time to refuel. The other danger is becoming boring. You need downtime to pursue activities that feed your passions. The pursuit of passions is what keeps you interested in life and interesting to others. And if you're always clocking in late hours and skipping vacation, you risk the chance of falling behind. It is by exploring the world around you that you spot new trends, spark new ideas, and have the mental space to noodle on new possibilities. Art, preach on, brother. Al, Lance, besties, Merry Christmas. Toodles! So I thought it was appropriate because Christmas is coming up. So everyone take a break. I am taking the last two weeks off, basically. I think um, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday I, or Thursday morning, I just I texted Al and I said, hey, I'm, I'm just going to be working from home, basically. For the for the and so, I wake up, I leisurely do my thing. There's there's no rush. I think we earned it. I wish you could do the same, but I know I know the little guy keeps you too busy at home for you to get anything done. So you got to come in a little bit. But yeah, everybody take take the last week off. Good lord, take it off. Yeah, and shut and it, shut it down. He, by by taking it off, Lance is still gonna work, uh, just just from home. Um, and then I, I'm gonna work. So I'm gonna come in here, but but I'm gonna do some fun stuff too. And honestly. I just like what I'm doing so much. Like I, I'm, I'm tired, but I am hungry. Meaning not in food, but like hungry just to get after it. Get after it. Get after it. Um, 
The two things I liked is that that work late. I know in school people work late, and I'm not telling you not to work late. I think that's fine. You're 20 years old. You're 19 years old. You're just a kid. Um, and I know some people, they, they get their juices at night. That's fine too. What I'm talking about is, is giving yourself a break and not just beating yourself. And this is coming from, just know who this is coming from. It's not coming from Al. It's not coming from Lance. It's coming from the guy who made the number one most profitable, biggest firm in the United States in architecture, maybe the world. I mean, if you can't take advice from this guy, would, if, if you're like, nah, I think he's wrong. There's a rule. Prove to me why. What's your reason why to break that rule? If you can, maybe you can. Maybe it's just this short project. Okay, but is that short? Does this one project happen every month? Exactly. And is, is that is it one an anomaly? Right. If it is just once, you know, once or twice or three times a year, whatever, then, then, then fine, break the rule. But if it's not, then why are you breaking the rule? Why? Why? If you can answer that, you know, compellingly, then go ahead and break it. But I don't think you can. Um, and then the second thing, Clyde, so everyone has big projects, small projects. Sometimes when you just dedicate yourself only to work, right? You know that there's phases, like a concept will entirely change. The, the, the developer might say, hey, this whole thing, we're gonna switch this over here, right? We're gonna move this over here. We're gonna do, uh, instead of five plexes, we're gonna do three plexes and then duplexes. And then we're gonna shrink the units a foot or expand them. What if you did all the structures then? Oh, you know what I mean? Jesus. You you just wasted all that time. Yeah. And I'm not saying I try to get ahead of my clients, but I know that, okay, first proposal, layout, site plan, review. Eh, depending on the client and, and what city it is in, it might totally switch. So I'm not going to burn myself and do too much because it, you just, you literally just wasted that part of your life. Yeah. You're never getting that time back a hundred percent. So, but on, I would play devil's advocate here. I also do. do think it's good to get burnt out every once in a while because you need to be reminded to not do that or to take a break. So, you you know, and that's, that's honestly the way I get, I've known for the last two years, that's the way I've been. I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I need to just not go to work. I need to go. I need to just be at the couch and hang out with the kids. I'm still on my iPad. I'm still redlining stuff. I'm still sending out emails, but it is a much different workflow. You know, it's a very casual workflow where I'm still getting stuff done. Like yesterday, yesterday I got a ton of administrative work due, but I was on, I was on the couch and in, in between the couch and my office all day. Yep. And it was good. Very productive. And there's a dichotomy too, because if you took that to your extreme, if that's all you did, or if you never like, okay, this person at the firm is unproductive. This person is not communicating. This person is, is, is out of it, is literally out of it. So, um, and, and what you said, it's a good thing to push yourself to push, push yourself because sometimes you just got to get after it. Sometimes it is a real deadline. Sometimes it is like, Hey, let's get and And we've all done this multiple times. The tiny house is one example. Just got to get done. There's Brutal. nothing. Just grind it. Yep. Yeah. So that's it. That's it for that. Uh, next. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Uh, yeah. Follow, follow hey. Nick on, on the Twitter, on, yep. on the LinkedIn, Facebook, the Facebook. Um, uh, just find him out in public and give him a high five. <laughs> if you see him. Yeah. So thanks, Bestie. Uh, Merry to Christmas to you. And and toodles until next week. Uh, next, we have best and worst advice. So we have a, a, a special guest no, today. No, we don't. No, we don't? <coughs> Sorry. A group homes. Oh, okay. You wanted Before to we do that. So uh, I just wanted to touch base on a uh, bring, it, bring it inside the firm <laughs> about a project that uh, one of that we just finished up in, in the office and that is it, it's a group home. We've talked about this before. So there we do these really interesting buildings that are 16 beds. 
So there's, there's, <clears throat> but they're for assisted, they're assisted facility centers for, um, uh, people with like Alzheimer's and, and dementia and stuff like that. So it's a memory care facility, but, and they're, they're about, they're also about 8,000 square feet. So here's if, so if anybody else is, is doing any of these, uh, I just wanted to, just wanted to give you our Colorado take and what's tricky about them is this is probably the sixth or seventh one that we've done and it's sort of a repeat or whatever but we've went through this process with multiple different cities and what happens is the zoning side of the city sees these as commercial buildings and the building side of it the building construction side sees them as uh, residential buildings but then sometimes the departments will talk to each other and they will cost our client tens of thousands of dollars because they insist that, well, you know, you got an architect, you got a structural engineer, screw it. We need them also to, we need a mechanical engineer on board too. And they have to do full blown, full blown mechanical electrical plumbing plans. When I'm telling you these are built type five construction, uh, they are sprinklered. Are but, they making but, you do just like manual S stage? No. Just IBC, IBC level, IBC level. So, and I wonder what I want to do is I want to read a little bit of my code analysis um, to everybody and how how I interpret these. So I interpret these as uh, per I I am recognizing that they're in the, from the I, I, IBC, the International Building Code, a, res, a group, an R four residential care, but that they will be constructed um, and under R three codes. Well, because there's there's no classification in residential, so you have to go to the IBC. What do you that. mean? There's there's no R two R R R one R two R three. It doesn't reference that in IRC. In IRC, it just says single, duplex, exactly. or townhomes. Exactly. It doesn't say so who's going to live there, what they're yeah yeah. So the point is, is that they're this building type that are still in a gray area. So if anybody if anybody is doing them and they are just one story. We're not talking three story. We're just talking about one story, 16 bed maximum. Cause if you, if you go to, I mean, it actually says in the IBC R4, R4 adult residential care group home, 16 residents. It, it says it like that's the maximum. So we are, we are meeting, we are, we are within the constraints, but at the end of the day, just be aware if, if anybody's going to do this, that when, once you go zoning will, will say one thing, building construction will say another thing. You can argue both ways. You can argue all day long. So this, we did get a victory yesterday in that we went back into the city and the, the, the head planner made, made an executive decision. He goes, we will allow you guys to permit this um, under the IRC construction-wise. So how, no how, more mechanical engineer involved. What logic, what, how did you convince them? The, the contract, well, we just held them to what they originally said. They said... Um, See, this head planner specifically has had did, he was the administrator for in a different city where we did a couple other ones. And now he's in this new city and he says, hey, we're trying to set it up because we want to encourage more of these and we understand that it saves the developers money and it makes it more economical for them to build these if they're allowed to build them under the residential code. Yes. So basically, so we basically held them to what they originally said and we said, Look, you guys said this. We don't want to get the city attorney involved. Can we do that? Did you say that though? The owner did. Yes, the owner did. So that was pretty critical. Yeah. Did did he have it in writing that the guy said that? 
no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> but what they, you know that they don't, they hate to put stuff in writing like that. Yeah. It is really hard to get them to put stuff in writing. But then also too, I think, um, I think it's hard to lie. Right. Especially if you had a meeting and you said, Hey, you said this originally and you're, you know, in court, I don't know. I'd find it. And I'm sure that building official would find it hard to lie to. He's like, oh, I did say that. So, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that, that, that's all. I just wanted to give a little tip. If anybody is, if anybody is approached to do any of these group homes that are memory care only, they're sort they're assisted, they're assisted in that, you know, there's always like a three people on staff, but there's not, they're not full blown nurses. You know, they could have some medical, I think you have to have some medical training, but it's yeah. not a full blown, like these people are debilitated. They cannot move. They just might forget. It's like grandma. Where, it's like grandma. If she, grandma gets to, if grandma memory started to go, that's, that's where she's at. Yeah. No, Which, my uncle was in and, and it was totally fine. He just, uh, would sometimes just walk away. <laughs> and that's what they do. Exactly. And we, we yeah. literally, we literally design them so that we have these racetracks in the interior and they can walk around and, you know, yep. we try to do all that good stuff. So they, they're, they're also really feel good projects. And and they're great exercises for your team to really understand what it means to be a 100% ADA compliant, because I mean we're talking about you know ADA from the inside to the outside. There's no everything has to be you know 100% according to ANSI. Yep. Here's another thing. We have uh, one of our guys is at school also, and he has designed these. And then he got critiqued by his professors that he couldn't do it this way, and he he didn't fight. You could have maybe argued that he fight, but he followed directions, made it work, and we were just laughing because we we're like, "Does he know that you actually do these in the real world? <laughs> like that gets through, that literally gets built, literally and, gets built, affects and, people's lives in a positive way, and you know what I mean. And yeah. and and we get them done not on the cheap side of materials. I mean, like they have full blown granite countertops, like they're nice. What I'm getting at is, yeah. in his critique, yeah. they were upset that. Uh, Jackson was trying to be economical, yeah, but within reason. And they were like, "No, that's brutal." Like, I mean, saying thing, you know. So I don't know. It's silly. Yeah, this, this, this real world versus non real world. Yeah, get out of town. Yeah, I, crazy. Okay, <laughs> uh, now, now, best and worst advice. Oh, okay, so uh, I would like to introduce. Uh, so it, this is more of a friend. Uh, not my, he is a professional, but. Um, I'd like to welcome T.J. Eckert. He's a friend of mine, and he's also the uh, editor at Being Libertarian. So he's a writer, but he's and he did some stand-up comedy. So as I have a little Christmas treat for everybody. Um, he's got some bad advice that hopefully it's a super interesting story, and he'll make us laugh a little bit. So here's T.J. Hey, guys. <laughs> I thought I'd do something a little different here and give you both a good piece of advice followed up with why I actually learned this from a bad piece of advice. So my piece of advice being that when you do give someone advice, don't always assume that that advice applies across the board uniformly. And that leads into my bad piece of advice. So one of the pieces of advice I was given was at a firearms class one time, talking about when you're under a stressful situation and you're, let's say you're getting robbed. And one of the things you can do is to talk to that person, try to distract them with words and, you know, figure out a plan to escape. The problem is that doesn't always work, nor is that always the plan you should do. Case in point. So I'm going to throw you back a few years here. I'm at a gas station in college, okay? And I'm filling up my car. And it was kind of a flashy car, you know. I was thought it was a, a hot rod. And as I'm sitting there in this, 
you could call it a bad neighborhood in Cleveland. Let's just go with that. Uh, one of the things that I noticed was a group of guys watching me. And mind you, of course, it had to be one in the morning in Cleveland. And it had to be, you know, me sitting there by myself. And these guys come up to my car. And they say, man, this is a really nice car. I'm like, oh, sweet. These guys just want to make conversation. No. No, they do not. So it wasn't long after they, uh, they pull a knife on me. And they tell me they want to rob my car. And lo and behold piece of advice pops into my head man I should start talking to these guys and distract them while I figure out a way to get away <laughs> the problem was I should not have done that I promise you you guys have all had awkward awkward conversations in your life you have not had an awkward conversation like I have so let me lay it out for you we're sitting there and he's you know there's three guys all sitting there trying to rob me and they want to steal my car and so I go hey man you guys may as well fill this car up for you right yeah, sure, why not? Good idea. Give me some time to make some conversation. I swear to God, I was at $1.50 when they came up to me. And since it's Christmas, you guys all know the Grinch's heart grows three sizes when he's confronted with nice people. If you ever try to talk to someone while you're being held up, something like that will happen. I swear, my gas tank grew three sizes while we were sitting in that gas station. It went to $66. No joke while I'm sitting here trying to talk to these guys. And of course, you know, I got nothing in common with trying to talk to them. I'm like, oh, hey, you know, I was going to college at the time. Hey, you guys go to school around the corner? Of course not, no. Oh yeah, I'm just dressed head to toe in my frat gear. Oh, sweet, I just look like a huge target. <laughs> so mind you, luckily, you know, bad advice doesn't always have to end in a bad way. I shouldn't have been talking to those guys like I did, but learned a lesson. Luckily, the guy inside called the cops and I was able to get distracted by him when he came outside and I jumped in my car and ran off and uh, I was able to get away. But piece of advice, if you're ever being held up, especially in a situation like that, don't try to talk to somebody about school or anything like that. And don't always assume that any piece of advice that you're given by someone can be applied uniformly and yield the results they're talking about. So. Happy ending, though. Another good piece of advice. I was always told that if joining a fraternity would never, ever yield anything good. Two weeks later, I was with 10 of my ten of my buddies. We see those dudes on the street. Moral of the story, we kicked the shit out of them, and it was awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, is, that is awesome. That is awesome. Wait, wait, wait. So, so here's... here's look. So, TJ filled up his tank. Yes. But that, so it did actually work. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say this turned out great, except for the oh my, how much can oh. you take awkwardness? That's is it. Was it more painful I for the awkwardness? It. That's what or, I'm saying. Wow. I mean, I was expecting him to get. I was expecting him to have to pay the gas, and then he was gonna get robbed. Yeah. But then he got away. Yeah. So it worked out. <laughs> take all advice blindly. <laughs> is that that's where I went with that. And apply it to everything. To apply it to everything. So what it led to, it led me to something a little bit more, uh, not pertinent. Just it, it, it redirected, still on topic. Don't think your advice is understood. Don't think your advice is understood. And this is what I'll say. Um, so Jocko was reading a book, right? And uh, they're in World War II, right? And the, the colonel says to these guys, hey, you know, go take that corner. So they run over there. And then you hear all these shots and they run back. And they're like, yeah, there's, there's Germans over there. They got a machine gun. And the, the colonel's like, he, he, he calmed down and he, because he was really frustrated because he's used to dealing with like guys. I mean, this is in the middle of the war, right? These are new guys. So he's like, shit, 
I got to tell these new guys what to do. I'm not going to yell at them. I'm going to say, okay, what you do? Because when he said, go take that corner, I mean, yeah, fight the Germans. And now that's your corner, right? Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. we're here to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's how like I understood it too, but these guys didn't. <clears throat> so he goes, yeah, but there's a machine gun nest. He goes, okay. So basic cover and move. One guy stand at the corner, pop shots at him. Two guys go around and get me that gun. All right. It makes sense, right? So all of a sudden he hears a bunch of firing and he's directing action over here. And all of a sudden he sees Germans coming down that alleyway. He's like, oh, damn it. They didn't, they didn't win that one, right? And then he looks and behind them are the Americans and they have two of them. They're, they're prisoners now, right? And then one of the Americans is dragging the actual gun. And they come back and they said, hey, Captain, we, we got that gun for you. Um, but we had to kill some Germans to get it. And here are the other ones. And they were kind of morose. And he's like, oh, my God. They thought I literally wanted the gun. Like they brought me back the gun and he's like, it wasn't, you know, like everything worked out, but literally get the, it just means like take out the gun and just still hold that corner. Like, but they brought the gun, the gun. And because he goes, they thought it was like a personal, like I really wanted that gun as the uh. Colonel. So that's when I heard that story, it made me think about when I'm telling guys or students, sometimes I say do this and they do it slightly different. I'm like, ah, I do have to be more clear or less clear. Like don't say, get me that gun. If I don't want the gun say, destroy their position and hold the corner. You know, that's what he really wanted them to do. But it's just crazy. The nuances when you the really nuances, get down. Absolutely. Because sometimes I'll be does frustrated. It, they it, don't understand me. Was I clear? There you go. That's the, Was I yeah, clear? Yeah, exactly. So, so isn't, so isn't really, you know, the, the big thing to take away of, okay, you as the advice giver or the direction giver, understand, understand no matter how clear you are or unclear you are, the interpretation um the other party might be different and therefore right. i need to have a bigger i need to try to have a bigger perspective i need to have some patience i need to have i need to have some discipline because discipline equals freedom yeah exactly but i i think realizing that was huge you know how you say it, because if you always just blame externally then everyone else is the problem and if everyone else is the problem who's the problem yeah probably you thanks again tj that was a that was a hilarious story uh and yeah. good twist at the end yeah so. i'm going to chat up everyone that robs me <laughs> Gonna go crazy. What a crazy story. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Fill them up with gas. Okay, we got, next up we got code questions. Al, are you ready to continue your streak of batting 100% on code questions? 7,000% really. Yeah. If you 7, if you were getting paid in Bitcoin, Bitcoin millionaire, but you know, if like on for each question. Each question. Bitcoin millionaire at this point. Ridiculous. Billion? Billion maybe? Billion trillion. Yeah. Winklevoss twins, they got nothing on you. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> IRC chapter 4 foundations. R408 underfloor space, R uh, ventilation. The underfloor space between the bottom of the floor joist and the earth under any building, except space occupied by a basement, shall have openings through foundation walls or exterior walls. The minimum net area of ventilation opening should not be less than one square foot for how many square feet? Unless the ground surface is covered by a class one vapor retarder material. So basically... How much venting do you need to uh, provide for a crawl space? Yeah. One square feet for ever how many square feet of said crawl space? A, 100 square feet. B, 150 square feet. C, 200 square feet. D, 400 square feet. 150. Ding, 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 ding. Pay him in you Bitcoin. Look. Wrote it down too, even before you got to the numbers. All right, now here's the exception, okay? I was almost confused by the question because it's like, it's isn't it one for 150? So smart. Yeah. So smart. Look at you. 
Where so here's the exception. Uh, the exception to the rule is where a class one vapor retarder material is used, the minimum net area of ventilation of opening shall not be less than one square foot for each how many square feet. So you get an increase. Okay, A, 1,000 square feet, B, mm. 1,500 square feet, C, 2,000 square feet, D, 4,000 square feet. So I was I wrote down 300, I was totally wrong, which would have matched perfectly with roof venting calculations yes. too. So uh, 1,000 or 1,500, I get a double choice. 1,500! Give this man a Bitcoin. Give, Give him, him a Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Speaking of which... Bitcoin is on sale right now for 25% it is. less because it is crashing. Yeah. So if anybody has been listening to us yap on about this, honestly, now's the time over Christmas to take a look. Get in. Right. 2018 is going to be a huge year. Uh, I did not give you financial advice right now. I'm just saying, take a look at it. It's an interesting time. That's all. Yes. So the, the technology is not going away. The problems that these new altcoins are solving are literally making new companies. So if you wanted, if you were looking to invest, it's discount time right now. Um, everyone else is freaking out. You just gotta, Hoddle. you gotta be steady. You have to be steady. Please don't get a loan to do this. I, <laughs> I'm like, one on. of our friends brought up the point that a lot of people are buying this stuff with uh, loan credit, credit cards and loans. And we all know what happened in 2008. So let's just not try to do that again. I'm not saying it would crash the whole market, but let's just be realistic. Just be realistic with what you're doing. Yeah. So. If you enjoyed this podcast or other podcasts and want to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do it. One, remember last week, Lance? I do. What was our podcast called? Uh, goals. You can help me achieve one of my goals. What is your goal, Al? <laughs> Sell a thousand books. Thousand books. So if you appreciate this, want a little bit more of us, you know that you want us by our, your nightside table. I, I can... Go through the book and look at you while you sleep. Wow. It's because There's technology. There's nothing creepy about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> your design skills, will, I think, will improve 8,000%. That's think, the minimum. I think that's that's been proven. In fact, if I don't, I, we don't have a Jamie here, a fact checker, but uh, <laughs> let's just go with that's true. <laughs> Get the creativity code. Uh, you'll enjoy it. If not, I'll give you your money back. Uh, second thing is Revit Furniture. If you're getting into Revit, uh, Look at Revit Furniture. There's a bunch of free tutorials. And then our training, <coughs> we train all of our guys with the same stuff we give out to everyone else. We give you the template, the uh, not the software, but the template and all the files you need to make an awesome residential architecture. So that's all I got. Uh, please like us. Um, please stalk Nick. St yeah, stalk <laughs> Nick. Uh, Follow us on the Twitter. Give us that review. And we will see you next week uh, for the last podcast of year 2017. Merry Christmas.